Welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Well, then let's go! Sports Hotels, ladies and gentlemen, Wednesday, September 23rd, broadcasting from the great city of New York and our nation's capital in D.C., baby. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, and everybody say hello to Mr. Robert Cuny. Hello, my friends. Hello, hello. We are actually not quite in D.C. We're in lovely, scenic Germantown, Maryland, but hey, no one's heard of Germantown. We'll take D.C. And thanks to the big voice open for pronouncing my name correctly. Good times. I practice, man. I practice. You're but because, a good man. But because I had the wrong location now, we have to start the show all over again. All over again. We'll, we'll, we'll in, fix imperfection it is, is unacceptable. I just got a, um, a buzz in from HR, PR, <laughs> and the CEO is here at Go Sports Media Company, and they want us to start over, even though we'll, we're live. We'll, we'll scrub it in post-production. We've got a, a huge staff here. Yes, we do. It's sports honchos. Well, hey, buddy. How are you, pal? I'm good. I, Look I, at I, us. Uh, look at us doing a show together. I recall many times that you were on the dearly departed bitterness and rage show, giving me your hockey insights. And now look at us. We're doing a show together. Yes. Uh, two guys. Two guys. The two guys. Conchos. Doing the radio of, thing. A couple of more know-it-alls. That's what the world exactly. needs. Exactly. Because that's what the world needs. Two middle-aged white guys saying, hey, we know more than you do. <laughs> and you should be listening. Well, there's there's tons of room. Uh, let's let's give everybody a little bit of the backstory there, Mister Cuny. Um, you know, obviously, me and you met through um, Sports Talk Radio many many moons ago. We did uh, the fabulous were... Yahoo Sports Radio, and then late now SB Nation, and now it's something else. Just it, it's passed around a lot. So I, I got through a couple of months on Sports Radio, Yahoo mm-hmm. Sports Radio. And um, obviously from my independent network, and then, uh, like I said, you, you were nice enough to call me and ask me to be on your old show, which was a fantastic show on Sundays. Thank you very much. Uh, so I hopped on uh, you know, Yahoo, Sports, Yahoo Sports Radio for, for a couple of months there. Didn't pan out. Um, but then, uh, not too long after that, uh, bring me up to speed. It, it, did, it changed a few different names. And, and is, are they still around today? It's, it was Yahoo Sports Radio, then SB Nation Radio, and now I believe it's Sports Map Radio. I, I, I should know because my app on my phone keeps updating. Sports Map. That seems like a terrible name. But <laughs> hey, uh, what do I know? I don't have a billion dollar empire. Yes, it's Sports Map Radio. And how long ago, uh, when's the last time you signed off there? August of 2017. God, that's a long time ago. But yeah, August, I was there. Off and on from 2015 to 2017. Wow. And you enjoy yourself. Oh, I loved it. I, I would, uh, I wish I could do it all again, but um, 
Well, you are. I've moved on to bigger and better things with the sports <laughs> honchos, baby. Honchos. And unlike my time at Yahoo and SB Nation, we can say things that may not be FCC approved. Not that I'm going to do it gratuitously, but if it drops, there's no dump button. There's no seven-second delay. Yeah, we're going to have a fucking good time here. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, so fuck it. We're going to curse. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to happen. Sorry, Mom, if you're listening, but hey, my mom's hurt. Oh, see, I didn't know. I'm sorry. I'm, no, I'm, she's I'm, she's she's hurt far worse. I'm fucking sorry. I really yeah, am. <laughs> yeah. So you know, she doesn't give a shit. <laughs> All right. Now Actually, that the the, uh... time, the first time I cursed in front of my mother as an adult, it, it just it, it just came out so week. naturally. And then yeah, and then I looked over at her and I just I had this sheepish look like I'm sorry, like I was five years old again. And she's like, "What? What? So what?" As uh, Pedro Martinez would say, "So what?" You cursed, so big what? deal. So what? Well, we're not going to go crazy. You know, we're no. not going to be vulgar here. I mean, we're we're hoping that me and Rob are going to get into some discussions here, which might force us to use some profanity if necessary. But right. It might get salty. Yes, but we're <laughs> that's not our game plan here is to just be no. two filthy old men. We're, no. we're, we are going to have some fun here. We are going to talk sports. Uh, we're going to talk some music too, some entertainment. We're going to mix things around if we need to talk about how Rob um, takes care of his dog compared to how I take care of my dog. We might get into (laughs) into those discussions if we have to. But back to um, the old Bitter and Rage show, buddy. Um, No, the Bitterness and Rage show. Thank you very little. Didn't you have (laughs) to change that? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, I did. It it was the Bitterness and Rage show, and then it turned into Bitterness and Rage show. I don't know what happened to the the. Give us the background. Behind bitterness, bitterness and rage, because okay. obviously it's your your world famous Twitter handle as well, too. Right. So, um, as many people know, hopefully you, I'm a high school history teacher, and I used to work with this guy um, who used to say the phrase whenever he would get angry, he would just say bitterness and rage. He was feeling much bitterness and rage. Great guy, uh, just a wonderful human being. Also named Rob, by the way, and I. When I was trying to think of a name for my show, I didn't want to just go with the tired, oh, it's the Rob Cuny show, or Q-Day in the morning. I didn't want to do any of those cheesy DJ tropes. So I thought, oh, the Bitterness and Rage show. And what was great about it, it's Sunday morning when it's hard to be bitter or rageful. And I don't actually get that angry to be called the Bitterness and Rage show. It's highbrow humor. And I like humor that nobody understands, so I can you know, feel much better about myself. But that's where the show name came from. And I used to have a podcast before even Yahoo that I did in a bedroom and just threw it up on iTunes, did a garage band mix, put it on iTunes. That's where the Bitterness and Rage show began. And so when I went to Yahoo, I said, I'll just keep that name, you know, for my millions of followers from the 12 or 15 shows I did on my own. So they, there were, you go. they were expensive shows too, Rob. No, no. The, the shows from the bedroom were free. I know, but <laughs> and I and I even st- I even stole music because I played music throughout the entire podcast, not understanding that that's a violation of some federal laws. Yeah, but yes, and- once I got to Yahoo, it became slightly more expensive. Yes, airtime is not free unless no, unless now, um, right? These days, uh, right. it's still not free, but it's certainly not as expensive as what we used to have to right. shell out to be on Yahoo Sports Radio. Hey, we but, met you know, some- but- go ahead. 
I'm just saying the goal was to eventually have somebody pay us. That was the goal for being, for purchasing airtime and being on the air. Do you still go outside your front porch like I do every day looking for those people? They, um, they're, um, those potential spam calls that come up on your phone, that's who those people are. <laughs> um, but I, that's why it's been three years now. So I've, I've moved on to other things, but always with an eye toward, you know, bloviating for a captive audience like I do now as a high school teacher. But this is better because I can curse more. Exactly. And you've only I still talked I still talk just as much sports in my <laughs> class as I will here. I don't think we actually talk US history. We will. Well, we will. Okay. There's some crazy yeah. stuff going on right now. Pretty soon we might all be history. Right. In certain stars. But we so won't go get there. These shows in now before we are history. Yes. So um so there you go, folks. So that's how me and Rob met each other. I was doing uh, independent podcasts myself, and um, you know I had a little hockey network. Those of you uh, may or may not know me, we uh, we kicked up some shows again this year uh, over at Go Hockey Media. Uh, we have a Ranger show over there uh, with my buddy Kevin Delory. We're doing uh, Go Rangers Radio. My brother's doing um, Hockey Night in New York. Uh, we've also done. Uh, that hockey show, and I'm also doing a show during the week in the afternoons with a friend of mine, Liam McGuire, a very famous Canadian NHL historian. He's a good lad. We have an Irish twist on it. So I, and the reason I'm telling everybody this is because I had basically stopped doing sports, anything on radio, podcasts, or anything, um, basically when I signed off at Yahoo Sports Radio, because uh, it, it was a tough, it was exciting to get there. And then it was a very uh, tough uh, walk back down the mountain, as you might say. <laughs> and then um, I basically signed off, going to take a break, because I put a lot of years and a lot of time into it. And like you were saying, you know, you, you hope to, to build. And, and back then, uh, podcast now is just, it, it's incredible, because it's so popular now. It's a billion-dollar industry. But back when me and, and you, Rob, when we were doing it uh, a few years ago, uh, nobody was really, it wasn't a money thing. It wasn't really happening. It certainly wasn't. So anyway, um, you know, a couple years back, things have changed, um, and we're back. I'm not going to get into the depths of, of how, why, and when. I'm just glad to be back on air. But me and Rob kept in touch with each other uh, all these years, and I would have to say, Rob, at least probably two, three years ago, this is something we had talked about, doing something together. And we actually yep. we got the, we had the branding back then anyway. It was called right. the Sports Honchos. I happen to keep everything, and we've got back in touch, obviously, in the last couple of months. And here we are, ladies and gentlemen, and we're excited to um, to do this. Um, you know, me and Rob are going to have a lot of fun here together. Uh, we had a blast last week, just kind of testing out the um, the gear here. And, and now that was a great show. And catch <laughs> that'll up, be yes. in the, that'll be in the, the basement tapes that we release years from now. Those will be it'll be for premium subscribers. Exactly the demo tapes, the sports hunters right. demo tapes. Right. Yes. Exactly. So, uh, so we had some fun last week. Uh, we put a couple of clips out. Uh, my favorite is the Seattle Kraken one that we did. Yeah, you uh, ruined my life. Thank you. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> so, look, we're uh, we're gonna have fun here on Wednesday nights, and if need be, we might have to shift it uh, some nights during the week. We don't know because, um, you know, that's just what we can do now because this is our show, this is our platform, and uh, we're really excited to to be here uh, uh, tonight and looking forward to growing this together and having a lot of fun. So, we're gonna talk Absolutely. sports. We're going to talk uh, some other stuff, too, and, and we'll just kind of bounce around and we'll have a good time. And hopefully, as we grow, you guys grow along with us and follow us on Twitter, everything. All the platforms are at Sports Honchos. 
sportsconscious.com. That's where everything will be. We got you covered from uh, ear to ear or something like that. <laughs> yes. And uh, so we're going to have some fun. So anyway, uh, here we are, Wednesday, September 23rd. And, you know, Rob, doing this during the, uh, the COVID pandemic. So sports is, is back, which is good, but it's certainly not normal. And it's certainly not how uh, we, me and you as uh, 70-year-old men, uh, are used to seeing it as when we were children and kids and younger lads. So I want to ask you right up, uh, right up front now, uh, what's the landscape for you as a guy who, who's you know, been in the podcast business, been in the radio show business there obviously in the past when things were rocking and rolling and, and everything all at once, and, and we here, we're putting a little list together here, and you kind of have to pick and choose what you're going to talk about, and obviously we don't have the crowd aspect of it anymore and um, just want to get your take uh, for everybody listening uh, in terms of wh- how you view sports coming back in the COVID era, I guess we'll call it. I mean, it truly is. It feast to famine. I mean, we had nothing for so many months except the, the real sports was all the chatter about when are we going to play, how many games are we going to play, bubble, no bubble, public perception, blah, blah, blah. And now all of a sudden... The U.S. Open is a golf U.S. Open is here in September. We got the Masters coming up in November. It's almost, I mean, and you got uh, the NFL, you got college football, you got the Stanley Cup finals in September. You've got the NBA finals again in late September, early October. It's, it's almost gone from there's nothing to do and nothing to watch and nothing to, to talk about to I only have but so many hours and so many eyes and I can't focus on everything. So it's the landscape is, is muddled, but um, like any good buffet grazer will tell you, it's better to have a thousand choices, all in those little steaming trays than, you know, to go and say, well, all that left are a couple dry chicken wings and some cream corn. So I'll take it. We're a food show too now, folks. Yeah. I just, I, I, Nothing against creamed corn. I just first thing that came into my mind. <laughs> so it's it's in preparing for the show, I realized, wow, there's just we're only doing an hour or so. I mean, I got a mini series here written down on this piece of paper that nobody can see except for you, Paul. There's a lot of pages here, even in big type. So I like the landscape. It's just it's hard to pick and choose. But that's good because with two people here and two different sensibilities, we hopefully will cover most of what the people out there want to hear between the two of us. There are things you like and there are things I like, things you're more well-versed on, things that I'm more well-versed on, which makes it nice. It's hard to be a one-man operation with the landscape the way that it is. Yes. Preach, brother. No doubt about it. And, uh, you know, being honchos that we are, we're going to tell everybody what we think, which is really the most important thing. I mean, that's why people are listening. You don't give a shine what other people think. You want to know what we think. What we think. And if you don't agree, you'll come back and listen next week. And who knows? If we're on long enough, we'll probably reverse course on a number of things that we said. You know, uh, freezing cold takes or whatever it is. Yeah, we'll we'll get through this. And, um, you know, it's going to be fantastic, incredible, and the best thing that anybody's ever heard. In their entire yep. life, uh, and this is just the start, folks. So, so right. buckle up. I'm not setting the bar too high. No, <laughs> not, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Low expectations. That's what Sports Honchos is all about. 
Yes. So real quick, for me, the, the last few months, you know, uh, again, I got back into the podcasting business, uh, not this past July, but the July before that, when I called my old buddy KD and said, hey, let's let's do the Rangers. The Rangers are doing the rebuild. We're, we're big hockey guys out there, folks, so anybody listening, I mean, especially me, that's that's primarily my thing. But uh, so we, we had built uh, Go Rangers Radio, and we kind of took off, and we were flying. And then I had started, uh, you know, getting building other shows, and then, you know, March came and screech. And on top of that, uh, outside of doing this stuff, um, I got a couple other companies too, and I'm in the entertainment business. I'm in the live music business as well. And um, our show stopped, and so it was a screeching halt. So the whole thing about uh, the whole world stopping, and especially not just sports, but basically everything there for a few months, and to slowly get back uh, to normal here, especially in the Northeast, uh, at least uh, in, a, in a healthier way, in a what seems to be a, a better way as opposed to maybe the rest of the country. Um, but uh, it is it has been very weird, and I'll just talk on hockey real quick, and the Lightning are up here 3-1 in the second period, making a statement here against the Stars at losing game one on their way to winning two in a row. Um, it's It's been... You know, you take the NHL first, Rob. I think they kind of set – the NBA had a little trouble in the beginning too. But the NHL really kind of uh, built a great model. And they've had the most success as far as the negative cases and everything else. What was your take uh, on the initial on the initial rollout, rollout of, say, hockey and then seeing everything – uh, go from there, and I know you're a big football guy too, and we'll get into that too. Did I didn't think football was going to happen, but here we are. But no, just take I, it from I'm, what your right. thoughts were there when when the NHL kicked things off and got the tournament, and and your take of the whole hockey thing, you know, into Game Three tonight. Uh, let's see how people are sitting down. That's uh, it's a lot of information. Um, I thought the bubble was a great idea. Um, I know initially they were talking about two U.S. cities and two Canadian cities, and the idea of a bubble for hockey and for basketball a little bit later seemed, I have to tell you, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs uh, to keep all those people inside, again, another food reference, inside of this fictional bubble. But it turned out that their biggest problem wasn't COVID infections or pandemic, people running afoul of pandemic regulations. It was Players just saying, I'm kind of sick of the food they serve here in the uh, Disney bubble, for instance. I'm going to go get some wings at a strip club. Um, but the the pandemic-related problems were almost non-existent. So the hockey and then the basketball, and I, I think they're kind of two sides of the same coin. They figured out that if we can convince people to to stay, to come say goodbye to the the husbands of the husbands. Well, yeah, the husbands for the female employees, husbands and wives, girlfriends, you know, boyfriends, brothers, sisters, whatever, and and park yourself for three months, then we can keep this league, these leagues, afloat. Because otherwise, you you call off the playoffs and you lose the TV money and the ad revenue, and combine that with starting the seasons, both hockey and NBA, later than they normally would, including the NBA missing that golden Christmas time uh, uh, where they have the whole sports world to themselves. The players said, okay, we'll do it. And the games have been exciting, both in uh, the NHL and the NBA. And and I realize there's no fans there, but which is one of the things on my list, by the way. 
my short take on fans is fans are nice, but when I watch sports on TV, once the games start, once the competition begins on the ice, the court, the field, whatever, I don't pay any attention to the fans. Fans are nice when you're doing a takeout shot and coming back in a return shot after commercials and going into commercials. But the fans, to me, I, I don't really notice them unless there's some knucklehead who either tries to run on the field or as we saw in the, the Capitals epic uh, Stanley Cup run, uh, somebody who decides while the cup is being skated around the ice in Las Vegas to, you know, take her top off. That's all right so, with me. Yeah, I mean, that if, if that's the new norm for fans, I say bring them all back now. But I do miss the kiss um, cam, though. Uh, I suppose. But, I mean, it's it's if I'm at a game, of course, it's different. The fans are part of the experience. But so many of these sports now are becoming TV sports that the fan thing, I understand you need fans. The, all the leagues need fans. Even the NFL, which is failure-proof, they need the fans. But I don't need them. I don't. I didn't really miss them. I, I'm. I'm glad. My. I would rather have how the, many, the games. How many? How many? Than not have than than not have the games because they won fans. How many Redskins games or how many Capitals games or how many sports events or baseballs national games have you gone to in say the last five years? Good question. Um, it's not a lot though, right? Less than ten. Okay. So, you know, I, I, I prefer my sports on TV these days. I just it's I just do it, especially with football, because the fan experience at FedEx Field is so dismal. Even when the team is showing some signs of life, it's still just a awful, awful experience. Now, Verizon Center, now Capital One Arena and the Capital Center back in the good old days for Capitals games. Nothing like it. Even when the caps were bad. It was a it was a great crowd, a great fan environment. It's only gotten better in the Ovechkin era, and especially even before they won the Stanley Cup. I mean, it was sellouts, rock the red, the whole schmear. Um, the Wizards games, you know. <laughs> I mean, what can I tell you? The, the team has been a dumpster fire for so long, and so is the the attendance there, even with exciting players. We have a team. The Nets are the same in this area over here. So yeah. same thing. And I and, and I I I've been to na- a couple of Nationals games. I don't really like the Nationals. I'm an Orioles guy. And Camden Yards, even when the team, as they've been lately, is terrible, the crowd is great there. Um, so it's it really depends largely on the stadium, and sometimes how good the team is. But I, I still prefer to watch sports, especially the winter sports the outdoor winter sports like football on TV. And when I'm doing watching on TV, I, the fans. Well, that's, don't, that's the, that's Rob. Don't do it for me. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. And, and if you look at it from a business standpoint, the, the mass majority of every sports fan base is outside of the arenas. Mm-hmm. Obviously they generate income. It's entertainment, obviously. You know, people buying tickets, the experience, and everything else. But, you know, you take the Premier League Soccer League in in, in, London, in England, I should say. London, what's in the middle? You know, uh, I'm a Manchester United fan. They have millions and millions and millions and millions of fans all over the world, you know? And they generate just incredible amounts of income from apparel. And then now, with all the streaming, like, 
for me this this week myself, I had to I was I have NBC Sports app. And now I had to get the Peacock app to to watch Manchester United this week because it wasn't on my, you know, Verizon files and I had to buy a new subscription because you can't automatically get it. So it's weird. So they're you know, COVID is forcing the networks, and it is the TV, and it will always be that way. I mean, you know, you can take uh, UFC. They, they led the way uh, years ago as far as that, and, you know, HBO as far as pay-per-view events and everything now. And now it's just this massive thing. So, you know, the obviously we want normalness back in society here soon, whether it's in a couple of weeks or a couple of years. Who knows how long it'll take. But... um you know, yeah, guys like me and you, average guys, most people, we don't have season tickets or we're not going to games all the time or we're primarily watching the games on the go. And um, I would say that that's the average sports fan and that's where the money is. So once they figure it out, all these sports leagues in terms of how to manage this thing, and obviously football's different, college football, everything, because there's just there's more people on the teams. Uh, there's, yeah. there's just a bigger capacity as far as managing uh, those types of um organizations but yeah i mean let me me tell you if i was the networks if i were the networks broadcasting any event uh, whether it's baseball hockey basketball football whatever i would say to my advertisers hey man ain't nobody coming to these games you know where they're watching these games on the tv so your ratings are going to be through the roof because you take those thousands and thousands and thousands of people that normally sit in the stadiums in the arenas and aren't watching on tv and now plant their keisters on the couch to watch on TV and say, you should be uh, ponying up. Is there, there's a COVID tax for all the people that are watching at home now. And I don't, I, I have no idea if that's what's happening, but this is the networks instead of lamenting what's happening should be like, should be rubbing their hands together fiendishly thinking this is our chance to make a few bucks off of a global crisis, which, you know, that's what big time television networks do make a few bucks off a global crisis. Well, they've always made the bucks. I mean, obviously, economically, as far as the local city areas and the local restaurants and the local bars, uh, obviously the local employees who work the facilities, security, parking attendants. I mean, tons of people are out of work because, um, you know, we've got no fans coming to the game. So that's the unfortunate part, whether the right. the, the organizations, the teams, or <laughs> the networks are helping those folks out. You know they're absolutely not doing that. No. Uh, it, is what, it is what it is. But, um, you know, as, as sports fans, especially guys like me and you, because I'm the same way, I mean, as far as live, I mean, I used to go years ago to more events, and obviously I've got young kids now too, so it's not that easy. I would say in the next year or two, I'll be looking forward to taking my kids to games. And I think the family aspect of it, and primarily hockey and stuff, and, and definitely baseball and Yanks and stuff. Um, so mm-hmm. I am, I as a dad, I'm looking forward to that as my kids get older because that's a memory for me. So yes, as far as the business and us as sports fans, and yes, us watching the games and everything else, I mean, what's your take real quick on the side of it? Like, you know, is it fair... Because we grew up, and as kids, we were able to go to these games, and we were, you know, had great memories. Or we we'd pack about, you know, eight or nine guys on the train or in in the truck or the car. We'd head into the game, we'd tailgate and get smoked for nine innings at a Yankees game. That's what we used to do. Um, you know, the our, you know my nephews, friends I know, their kids, they can't do that now. And mm-hmm. I don't know if they're necessarily missing it, but because we've experienced, I would I would say, yeah, well, I would I would be ticked if I couldn't do that stuff. 
I mean, it's it's unfortunate. I, I did take both of my sons to a Wizards game this past December, and we had a great time. I can't remember if the Wizards won or not. It's a failure on my part, but it Does didn't it matter, matter because the three of us, no. It was the first time the three of us had been to a basketball game. You know, one is 18, the other is uh, 17. The 18 year old is about to turn 19 in a couple of weeks. And we had a great time. And I would be sad if we could never do that again. But I think people realize this is a a, a temporary sort of predicament we find ourselves in. And fans will be allowed back. I just, my point is, while the fans are gone, it doesn't hamper my viewing and enjoyment of the sport. Yeah. But if we couldn't have fans, if I was didn't have the opportunity to, to go to more events with my kids or with my friends or even by myself, God forbid, that would be problematic. But now in this in this temporary world we find ourselves in, I, I'm okay with it. I, I, I'm just, give me the sports and the fans will come back eventually. It's not going to be forever. No, the, only the NFL could survive without fans forever, and even that's dicey. Yeah, well, hopefully, like I said, we'll just cross our fingers here, and hopefully it gets back to normal sooner or later. Uh, right. But, you know, we just got to be patient. Same thing for us in the entertainment business. We we can't do big crowds anymore. We can't play, uh, you know, everything's small now and everything else. So we, we are. We're just waiting for the green light. Uh, we're being patient, and uh, we'll move on. So, But we are lucky as uh, sports guys, sports fans, a sports podcast that we actually have things to talk about, and uh, that's what we're hopefully going to be expanding on here as we go, and we'll be looking for the stories. Rob, there's a couple of stories. Uh, anything particularly you want to touch on? You know, we were talking about COVID there, too. Uh, you know, with football, you know, obviously there was uh, a couple coaches fined for, for masks here. Uh, talk about football a little bit in, in, in terms of how you want to look at that, and and um, obviously uh, – you're a uh, Washington Football Club fan. That's the name of the team now, right? Yeah, no. It's it's on this show, in uh, this rebellious show that we have, we are calling them the Washington Redskins because that's the team of my youth. And I will tell you something. To all of the Washingtonians out there, all the faithful, I don't know what cockamamie name they're going to have next year, the Washington whatevers, although little Danny Snyder dropped this bomb in the Wall Street Journal saying, maybe I'll keep the name Washington football team. Uh, hopefully it was the COVID going to his brain. <laughs> but if they name themselves something ridiculous and dump the burgundy and gold color scheme, then I'm out, Jerry. I'm out. I, I To me, the team that I love, the Washington Redskins, like the Colts 35 years ago, to me will have packed up the moving vans in the snow and headed off to some other place to be replaced by an expansion team. Okay, so I my fandom may come to an end. So to all of my friends who are fans of other teams, I am soliciting your bids for my fandom to jump on your bandwagon once I release uh, the Redskins. But I, I the New York couple- Jets hotline just went crazy. Oh, they're talking about a train wreck. Um, <laughs> no, but I there there's really for me the the bigger sports stories are not so much what's happening on the field, although. Last Sunday's games were incredible from a whole a lot of different standpoints. But here's what I like to see. This is what I like to see about the NFL. The NFL is finding coaches a hundred large, a hundred thousand dollars for not wearing their masks. So Sunday you had Pete Carroll of the Seahawks, Vic Fangio of the Denver Broncos 
Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers each find 100K and just because the NFL likes to stick it to people, the team is also fined $250,000. And if that weren't enough, on Monday, you had John Gruden of the Raiders and Sean Payton of the Saints also fined. So that's math. They said there'd be no math. Five, one and a quarter million. <laughs> that's almost two million bucks. Two million dollars that the NFL has made from finding coaches. Now, look, on the one hand, I applaud the optics of this move, of, of having a punishment and actually applying it. Because too many times you see leagues come out and say, we have this punishment, but we're not actually going to enforce any of the rules. On the other hand, if you watched any of these games, it was 50-50 at best on the sidelines. Some people had masks. Some people didn't. Some people wore a police-issue riot shield like Andy Reid in Kansas City, which should have its own Twitter account. Um, <laughs> but I do like seeing. And the nicest thing about these penalties is unlike every other rule and regulation and punishment the NFL has, there is zero ambiguity. None. None of this, uh, you know, two ish, two instances of domestic violence. One person gets a game, the other person hold gets on, a game. Hold on, Rob. I, I just have to hold on. I just have to look up uh, the meaning of ambiguity. How do you spell that? Ambiguity. Yes, thank you. Okay. A mystery. Go ahead, continue. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a show for everyone. <laughs> it's a show for all you SAT prep kids out there. Anywho, up. Oh, uh, wait. If you had. Uh, 30 minutes into the show or so before somebody said, anywho, you won. Um, <laughs> so you've, you, I, I've totally lost my train of thought now. Oh, that's right. $2 million for wearing a mask. So there's no ambiguity, no mystery. You didn't wear a mask. Boom, $100,000, you're cooked. It's, it's nice to see the NFL finally, if this is the hill they're going to die on, great saying we have a rule, we're going to apply it, and we're making two million bucks. And I wonder who actually pays those. Does the team well, pay that hundred thousand dollars? Are you are you concerned about the money? Because it's not our no. money. I mean who cares? So I want to get to the no. root of the problem here. What's pissing you off about it? it? It's not nothing is actually pissing me off. I, I liked it like the fact that they have a rule and they actually said here's you owe us hundred thousand dollars. I remember the NBA several years ago said we're gonna fine people for flopping, and the problem was all the floppers were the biggest stars in the game, and and those fines went nowhere. And here you've got again, it, Sean Payton, John Gruden, Pete Carroll, okay, all, all of whom Super Bowl champions, uh, Kyle Shanahan, who's coached himself out of not one but two Super Bowl championships, and Vic Fangio is just a nice guy. All a hundred thousand dollars lighter in the wallets today, and it, it's it's rare for a league to say as stupid and as pandering as that mask rule may be to say, we've got a rule and we're going to enforce it. And I don't know if it's really because they want to show how concerned they are with the health and general welfare of people in an empty stadium, or if they just want to flex their muscle, but whatever it is, as, as dopey as it is, it makes me happy to see finally a league saying we're taking a stand, maybe one you don't agree with, but you violated the rules, and now we're going to fine you. All right. Well, uh, so take but taking a stand, and then certain cities, certain franchises allow are allowing fans in the stands, mm-hmm. and then others aren't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, where's the league wide? That's the other on thing. that. I would 
I would think the league would say, because there's a fairness issue, if you really want to get down to the nuts and bolts of it, there is a home field advantage if, for instance, you're playing in Dallas where they had 20,000 fans last week, or you're playing in Green Bay where they had zippy fans. And so there's that fundamental fairness of some stadiums have fans, some don't. And the issue of if you let 20,000 people in, it's still 20,000 people. How are you going to keep them all separated? Bathrooms are open. Concession stands are, are open. Are they serving alcohol? I, I do, oh, they, they'd have to be. Are you sure? It, oh, I'm not sure. Well, something we got to find out. They would have to be. Quick, somebody call I'm me. I'm setting was, a call. <laughs> uh, somebody call me who's at the Cowboys game <laughs> and uh, tell me if you were sauced. Well, there's a Twitter um, account called, uh, I think, Dallas TV or something like that. Uh, you can check that out. Well, I know yeah. there was some a lot of pregame and postgame inebriation uh, videos. Right. So, um, But I'm just kind of curious. I guess, you know, we do have smartphones. We could find out. But I'd be just curious right. if, if that's alcohol. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Look, I'll tell you what, what concerns me more. And I'm looking at this story that broke yesterday about Notre Dame-Wake Forest postponing yes, their game this. because of COVID-19 test results. Uh, and I'm reading from, uh, let me give credit where credit is due, uhnd.com from yesterday. Good old Frank Vitovich. Follow him on Twitter at Frank Vitovich. Uh, a total of 94 COVID-19 tests were administered to Notre Dame football student athletes on Monday. Of those 94, there were seven positive tests, according to university physician Dr. Matt Leisler. Those seven student athletes are in isolation and their close contacts have been slash are being identified and then it goes on to say that um, there's a total of 13 players currently in isolation, 10 in quarantine, and they are pausing all football-related activities until further testing is complete. Okay, so that's college. I know the University of Houston is now canceling another game because of COVID. What, what, what I'm concerned about, maybe concern's not the right word, is you've got football, which is the, has the most personnel, and has the most contact. And yet, it, it, at least in the NFL, the NFL is patting itself on the back for its 40,000 tests and zero uh, new positives. If there's this kind of an outbreak in college, and I know part of that is college students who get together and say, COVID? Pff, never heard of it. And party and, and breathe on each other and lick the COVID pole and everything else they're doing. And I can see why that would lead to these outbreaks. But I wonder... And I'm serious now. I realize it's the first show, and yet I'm already putting on my tinfoil chapeau. I wonder if the NFL is being as transparent as it should be about COVID. And I know you're shaking your head, um, and all of our listeners out there are shaking their fists at the radio. Of course not, you bald dope. Of course they're not going to be transparent about it. I mean, look, the history of NFL transparency is is rather spotty. I mean, the, the NHL is telling us that they're, you right. know, Every perfect test. I mean, come on. There's got to be yeah. one or two. But who I mean, knows? Did the NFL, were they level with us about CTE? Eh, I don't think so. Were they level with us about how they mete out discipline? Of course not. Well, why, so the, Browns, why the Browns, Bills, and Jets are still in the league? I mean. So what worries me, yeah, well, that's a whole nother, that, that's for another show. <laughs> what worries me is the transparency of both college and pro football. I know in the big 10, which is now, you know, coming back and better than ever, if you blow a positive test, 
you're out for three weeks. So if a player right before the college football playoffs or their conference championship comes up positive, are they really going to tell them the player? Are they really going to tell us the public? Not that we have to know, except for morbid curiosity, but are they, these teams going to be honest? And if a team's like, well, we'll just slide this positive test under the rug and then we'll go out and play with players breathing on each other and coming in close contact and eye gouging during fumbles and everything else they do. And the next thing you know, a whole team is laid up. And so I'm worried that a sport like football, which is just a money-making machine and cares only about dollars, I'm sure that in the beginning, before the season, before travel and before the cold weather hits, they have few positive tests, maybe. But once you get into cold and flu season, uh, and once you start traveling, and they don't have a bubble, they go home and they spend the week with their families, or they spend you know a few days on the road, out and about. I don't know. I just I can't see the NFL and college, but certainly the NFL, being as transparent um, as they should be, and that's that concerns me. I'm thrilled that football. I love football. And I'm thrilled that it's back, but there's not a bubble. It's not the NHL. It's not the NBA. It's not even baseball. Like baseball, how many games have been lost because of outbreaks? And the, the only time they ever have a, uh, a, a the mass of people together is when they have a bench-clearing brawl. And yet, they have positive tests. So I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm worried that we're not going to I'm just sorry you're so players. worried. I'm just, I'm concerned about how worried... You are. Well, I don't have any hair to lose. So if I get worried, you know, what's the big deal? It's not like I'm pulling my hair out. I do have something that I am very worried about that we can get to. Remind me, just, just, it's about Wawa and social values and norms. But we can get to that if there's time. That's what really worries me. So just remember Wawa and social norms. Okay. Let me write this down. Take a note of that. Wawa. Is that a a Wawa pedal? Guitar pedal? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so, it's such a, a, a... Atlantic Coast thing, I guess. Uh, uh, Wawa's a convenience store. Yeah, we don't have them here in like Wawa, Sheets, New York, Seven Eleven. Okay, okay. so convenience them. store and norms. Nothing not but five star restaurants here. Okay, of course. If you if you know if you take five one star restaurants and you put them together, couple of Popeyes star restaurants. Hey man, don't, don't sleep on Popeyes. You know, Checkers, great fries. We I are not it. sponsored yet by Wawa, Checkers, or Popeyes, <laughs> but if you'd like to. Please contact us at uh, weneedsponsors.com. Or any medication that helps with worrying. For Rob. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so... Where's my Xanax? Yeah. <laughs> Let's fire them up before the shows. <laughs> Look, football is, is football. They've always been football. They've never really cared about anything else but the big thing. Um, and, you know, it's old school. It's macho yeah. men stuff. Those guys get paid a ton of money. As do all, pretty much all professional athletes do today. Baseball money is ridiculous. Hockey's gotten a lot better. You know. And I will say this. Look, hockey's my sport. It's been fantastic. Uh, The bubble, everything else. The tournament. You know, not really a season. They got the season in. It's been a different thing. Um, You know, these guys are not, you know, doing a six-month tour, carrying army gear, you know freezing their asses off in a ditch somewhere, um, and they are getting paid very well. So I'm, I'm incredibly um, ecstatic as a hockey fan for the presentation. It's been great. As far as the other sports, too, look, man, I'm, I'm just glad they're doing it. I, I know the concern. I think there's just general concern. This whole 
pandemic thing, as far as everybody dealing with it, as far as on the organizational end, there's never really been a blueprint for this. I think overall, as far as um, sports, they've they've done the best we can. Football, like I said, they're just doing some different stuff. Like I said, I don't, I don't. The mass stuff, finding the mass stuff to me is is ridiculous. You know, that's like them having a six dollar bill in their pocket and they got to give them one. It's really not a lot of money for those guys. Um, and you know, they're just going to keep keeping on. I mean, if you've watched Hard Knocks, if you you know, I caught sixty minutes the other day and watching. Uh, coach from LSU, and just the, the mind frame of just trying to stay normal. And then, again, the other thing that we didn't even talk about, too, is that there were certain players that opted out of playing. There's been certain college players that have decided not to play this year. Uh, there's so many different variables about variables about this, and the bottom line is, as you know, Rob, it's money, um, and, and especially with football. And I, I don't even want to just single them out. It's the same for all of them. I mean, baseball's doing well. Different footprints. Different, I think football has the most challenging thing. And, of course, you bring up a great point with college as far as just, I mean, we've both got friends. I mean, you're, you're a teacher yourself, but even just the, the, just the uh, educational system right now of everybody rolling this out from kindergarten to college to kids going away to school to kids staying local, virtual. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. And that is, that's close to home for everybody. And the reason I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here is, and and I'm I'm not making light of you worrying. I know as a sports fan, a guy is invested in football the same way I would be invested in hockey. And I was, you know, I I bitched and moaned on, on not I didn't really bitch and moan about it. I was, you know, the concern is there. But at the end of the day, Rob, whether they're getting fined, whether there's going to be outbreaks, whether certain, uh, uh, you know whether it's college, whether it's NFL, which teams get to, you know, they have to shut down their organization for a while. When it's all said and done, and we're saying this from the safety of our homes and our quarantine and our, you know, we're down to 1% here in New York and the Northeast or whatever, is that they're trying, they're rolling this out, right? Right. And they've got tons of money. These guys have shut down for NHL, NFL, baseball, They've done strikes. They've done work stoppages. They've stopped for, you know, stuff that... It, when they've stopped, it's been for money. They've canceled seasons. They've canceled championships. So I, my outlook on the whole thing is, is, hey, let them roll it out the best they can. For those of us who weren't going to the games anyway, we, you know, the biggest concern for any of us, Rob, right now is as long as the power stays on, the cable's running... <laughs> water's running and, and uh we can flush the toilets we're all okay you know so we, um we got so serious there for a minute but yes yes all of that is true well i That's... just think in the in the scope of the money you right. know it's just you know they're playing we're watching and right. so and i'm not belittling it i'm just saying the whole mass thing and it's not even so much that topic. Look, you bring up, this is the discussion. This is what we're talking about in the beginning. This is COVID. It's different. It's new. Right. It's not blasé like it used to always be, and we'd be sitting here just bitching and moaning about playing. Now it's playing, and now it's also how the organizations are running the operations. Right. And, and and about the mass thing, I, again, if you're, if you're in a bubble or you're in a stadium with no fans – what are you wearing the mask for? You know, I, it, 
game one, I believe, of the Denver LA Western Conference Finals. Uh, Mike, let me get his name right, Trudell. He's a sideline reporter for ESPN. He was doing his report with nobody around wearing a mask. And are these networks wearing masks because they're genuinely concerned about health or is it just a lot of virtue signaling? And I think the mask has become such a, such a, a political football nowadays. It's just, I guess that's why I enjoyed again, seeing the NFL really say, we're going to, this is what we're going to go to war over masks. So we can signal our virtue a hundred thousand dollars at a time. Hey, look, it could just be the beginning, Rob. It's the, what they're two games into the season. No. Who knows what's on the horizon? You know? More football's on the horizon. That's all I care about. Yeah. (laughs) And at the end of the day, like I said, we're just greedy sports fans and with our, Uh you know, our sports packages, and that's all we want to see. We we don't care about their families. We don't care about who gets sick. Get in there, go wide right, and tie this game. I will say this, uh, going back to the families for a moment, the NBA and NHL, they're not going to be able to do a bubble next year. This bubble thing is one and done. Those players and the families and the teams and the people associated with the teams, they're not going to lock themselves in a bubble for another 60, 90, 180 days. Well, it was so, a, a tournament. Yeah, well, you're dead right. It, it was a tournament. Right. They they got to figure something out for next year. Stars got to figure they, something out right now. They're down four goals. Well, you know what this is? <laughs> if we can reach back into the – go a little old school – Whatever happens to the stars, you're going to get a lot of people in Buffalo who are like, you know, that's karma. Karma's a bitch, my friends. So every single person, and I have two good friends who are from Buffalo who will attest to this. Every single person in the in the greater Buffalo area, they've all got their Ning jerseys on. They're all saying to themselves, okay, you stole one from us 30 some odd years ago. So good luck to you. Whatever happens, is it four nothing, eight nothing, ten nothing? Nothing will make them happier. They will come. They will travel from Buffalo to Tampa for the parade if the Ning pulls it off in the Sun Bolt Stanley Cup. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sun Belt, not Sun Bolt. <laughs> I can talk. Hey, come on, it's late. Hey, look, it's in the Sun Belt Stanley Cup because after all, you got two original six teams in Tampa and Dallas. <laughs> Well, Hockey come on, hotbeds. Rob. We've had that for years. I mean, oh, look, I know it, it's hey, look, still Buff- hard to get first used of all, to. Buffalo has their own problems. They shouldn't be worrying mm-hmm. about any other franchises. Okay, right. I think the Bandits lacrosse team's the last thing that won anything up there, as far as the championship is concerned. And um, I'm sorry to my Buffalo friends. He doesn't mean anything by it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful it's city with wonderful people. I know. Yeah. It's very cold, though. I don't know how they live up there. I got to be honest with you. I've been there. It's it's frigid. Um, I was going to say something, but I'm old. And I yeah. forgot. Oh, yes. No. Uh, speaking of NHL right now, real quick, let's, let's wrap. And we're going to go a little over here tonight, folks. Bonus, bonus, uh, anchos for you this evening on this pilot show. <laughs> because so, you asked for it and we're giving it to you. <laughs> yes. Uh, Bettman, NHL, speaking of the bubble, not going forward. They're talking about January starting this thing. Um, look, that's, uh, October, November, December, three more months. Uh, things could change. Things could get worse. Um, uh, are you okay with January? You want them to wait? I look, 
I, and I'm going to lump again the NBA into the NHL and, and stick with me on this one you know, just I'm, for a second. NBA every day. Oh God, because it's, it's, they, they're, they're sort of two sides of the same coin. But stick with me just for a second here. There's a cartoon. Yes, I'm going to bring up a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Actually, it was Daffy Duck and Elmer Fudd called Design for Living 1954. It is just, just hang with me just for a second. I'm trying to remember. Go ahead. Okay, so Elmer Fudd owns a house and Daffy Duck is a salesman trying to sell him the house of the future. Okay. And one of the features of the house of the future is you, you don't need stairs. And Elmer Fudd comes into his house and he goes, what happened to my stairs? Well, in the house of the future, says Daffy, you don't have to walk upstairs. We just bring the downstairs to you. And he hits a button and the upstairs comes down to the first floor. And Elmer Fudd's like, well, this is great. What about the first floor? And Daffy says, oh, I never thought about that. And he hits the same button and the second floor goes up and the entire first floor is demolished. <laughs> now, why do I bring this up other than to say that I watched a lot of cartoons as a kid? When people were talking about delaying the season, Stanley Cup finals in September or NBA finals in September, I kept saying, excuse me, in my best Elmer Fudd voice, which I'm not going to do, what happens to the next season? Because right now, hockey training camp should be open. NBA training camp should be open. So what do you do? You can't finish the season in October and start it a week or two later. You have to have an off season. And so now suddenly these leagues are realizing we waited so long to have a plan and waited so long to put the plan into motion that now we find ourselves, especially in the NBA's case, starting after the prime spot on the calendar, which for them is Christmas. And the NHL is going to be the same thing because both leagues are going to want to try to get their full seasons and the playoffs in. That means condensed schedules, more games in less nights, probably more injuries so you're going to have this truncated year this year and then next year if they can even get a, a season off the ground because we don't know what's going to happen in three months. It's going to be an interesting season, a strange season, but it's going to be one where they're missing out on some of that prime sports calendar real estate. And rather than say, look, we got to start late. We just we need an off season. Let's get less games in. They're going to try to fit the 82-game schedule. They're going to try to fit four pounds of flour, Paulie, into a two-pound sack with these schedules. And we know, look, how exciting is a baseball season with 60 games? Nobody is agitating to have baseball's regular season go from 162 to 60. I like the 60 games. But if you had a 60-game NHL schedule, a 65-game NBA schedule, or whatever number you want to play with, just to fit it into the same time frame where every game – there's already a complaint about both the NBA and the NHL. The regular seasons mean squad douche. So rather than open up the playoffs to everybody, have less games in the regular season just for next year, just to get us through the COVID wilderness. More exciting regular season means more games are more exciting. You spread it out, less injuries. You get through the playoffs. And when 2021 next season, fall of 2021 comes, you're back to your normal 82 games over six months, whatever it is, schedule. This is what I don't think the leagues thought about. And if they did think about it, they weren't talking about it. When they said, let's just push everything further and further, they needed Elmer Fudd to come and say, well, what about the next season? You can't end in October and start in November. But what are you going to do? But they can't. But they're doing it. No, but they're not doing it. They're going to start in January. They're going to end in October and start in January. But that's fine. 
It is if you if you say we're not going to play 82 games in three less months. They're going to figure that out. But that's the thing. You can't figure it out. You can't start building the plane while you're flying it, which is well, what they're trying to do. Well, we all know why the NHL and the NBA play those massive seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Because they don't have the capacity like of 70,000, 80,000 football stadiums. That's why right. football stadium, it's all economics, it's money. At least of that's course it my, is. That's my belief. That's why every round in the NHL now is seven games. They're trying to get playoff games revenue for the for the buildings uh, as much as they can. They're maxing it out. Right. You, you, you said the most important thing for next year. Yeah, and hopefully they will. They got and you got to remember the the players' organization, which is you. You said it again before too. The bubble, the families, everything else. You know the NHLPA. Let's just stick with hockey for a second, and it pretty much is the same thing as the NBA. And you're right. I'm sorry. Um, I never get tired of hearing that, by the way. They're gonna. Ha- it's not going to be too often. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> they're going to have these meetings. They're going to figure a way to to get this done, and and you'll probably get your wish, Rob, where they will condense it next year. But there's so much unknown, so you take these NBA and NHL teams, too. They usually throughout the year would be sharing – the venue with live concerts, mm-hmm. live events, Cirque du Soleil, which you love so much. No, I can't get enough. I can't even spell Cirque du Soleil, let alone enjoy it live. Bob but I will Streisand miss it. Concerts, all that kind hey, of stuff. hey, hey, easy, easy on the Streisand. Okay, easy on the Streisand. I'm verklempt, Bobby. You're talking about my Barbara. All right. All right. Woo. Um, so at the same time here, those arenas are most likely not going to have to worry about those things too. So what you might have though, but then again, it doesn't make any sense if there's no fans coming. I was going to say, well, maybe no. the arenas are going to want more games because they can't do any concerts. But why want more games if you can't have any people in there? It doesn't matter anyway. Look, we're we're still three months away. This is right. not something that me and you have to stay up at night and work this out. Me and you are going to get up the next day, buy some pretzels, our favorite drinks, and we're going to wait for the schedule and when can right. we watch it and when can we bitch and moan and complain about our players exactly. on the ice not doing what they should be doing for us and going through the wall and winning a championship every year for us because that's right. That's what we fans deserve. Hopefully so, there will be some fans by the time we come back to next season. Hopefully. Well, we got to figure it out. I mean, yeah. so let's not speculate. But All right. we'll, we're going to wait and see. Uh, the NHL, But like I said, it wasn't a tournament. This is a full season. They've got a – it came out the other day as well in an article too about the, uh, you know, whatever it was, the seven or eight teams that didn't play in the tournament – they have all not now skated and played hockey since March. Right. So, you know, as far as training camps and everything else, the draft's coming up. Hockey's going to figure it out. Look, I think they should start off with the Winter Classic. Boom. Whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, that's a good start. And, and 40 games, one 60 games, 80, I don't care. There's one more thing to consider, too. Um, the international travel aspect yeah, of the huge. NHL. How are they going to work that out? But, yes, the Winter Classic, starting with that, that's a great way to showcase your sport. And at the, just like the NBA uses the Christmas Day as their showcase, why not use the New Year's Day-ish Winter Classic to showcase your sport? 
Start off that's starting off with a bang. That's like NASCAR and starting the season with the biggest race of the year. Oh, and I can't wait to talk about NASCAR with you, buddy. It's the last time you're going to hear me mention NASCAR <laughs> on this show. <laughs> oh, come on, man. We need sponsors. Um, look, we'll see what happens. Uh, that's all we can do. Uh, the Olympics are coming up too. Winter Olympics. Uh, they were all pushed back. There's all this different kind of stuff to do. No. Um, but what what can we do, Rob? We can just sit here. And talk about it, Bugs Bunny and Barbara Streisand and everything, and just hope it all kind of works it out. And, you know, speaking of international travel, yes. you know, as far as the United States is concerned, and especially here on the East Coast, there's been no in- major international travel into this country mm-hmm. since March. It's a big reason for the original amount of cases, and now that we're back down. So, I mean, just that whole part of international travel and business and all that crap, let alone forget about sports. Who are we to discuss right. sports? And besides, Canada's not really international. They're they're United States North. It should true. be. Uh, come on, just they're make the, them. Just the just take guy. it over. Just top annex Canada already, and then we can have a full uncumbered NHL season. Be careful. You know how angry the Canucks get up there. You know. I know. Well, we've already insulted the good people of Buffalo. Why not insult the entire nation <laughs> of Canada? <laughs> All right, so let's let's switch the golf here. And most hockey teams, once they get knocked out, they head to the golf course. Uh, any take on the U.S. Open? And uh, you mentioned the Masters is coming up. Are they still playing that in Georgia? Uh, yes, yes, they are. Um, look, I'll keep this short for the attention span of the golf fan. Bryson DeChambeau won the U.S. Open, and the bottom line, this guy is. He is great for the game of golf. People find him to be kind of an unctuous prick. He's a real slow player. Hold on. I have to look up unctuous. Hold oh, on. Unctuous? Sorry. It's it's the teacher <laughs> in me. You know me, Professor Highbrow, all the way. Um, I'm going to learn he, lots he, on this show, man. Learn he lots. Is, he's Happy Gilmore. You remember that Adam Sandler movie. He In that movie, Sandler as Happy Gilmore would just rip the living shit out of the golf ball. He didn't care where it went. His goal was just to smash it as hard as he could. And generally speaking, it would wind up close to the hole. Well, DeChambeau, who was a pretty good golfer before this, decided, you know, how am I going to get some, how am I going to stand out in a crowd besides having a name like Bryson DeChambeau? I'm going to put on a lot of mass. And when I say mass, it's muscle, but also a lot of burritos. By his own account, he just wanted to get bulky like he was an NFL tight end. And now he, you know, all of his clubs are the same length, which for golf nerds is something meaningful. Clubs aren't supposed to be the same length, but they all look like clubs out there. And I don't mean golf clubs. I mean big Game of Thrones type weaponry. And he just smashes the hell out of the ball he, without regard for where he is on the course or what the score is or anything. And for those of us that know little to nothing about golf and are tired of hearing about Tiger Woods, every tournament it's Tiger Woods. The man is almost 50, and his best days are behind him, yet we still talk whoa, about Tiger whoa, Woods. Whoa, I'm 51. My best days are behind me? So am I. But I, my best days as a professional golfer are far behind oh, me. okay. And we still talk about him like he's the only game in town. Here comes this guy who, again, kind of a dick, slow player, people can't stand him, but... He's again, he's happy Gilmore. He is fun to watch. You're like, oh, this key's in the rough. Let me take out this giant weapon, this medieval weapon, and just club the ball into submission. And he was the only player 
to finish under par at the U.S. Open. And he slaughtered the field. And, and his winning, to me, says there's other things to watch in golf, other people to watch in golf, besides pining away for the one more miracle Jack Nicholas in 1986-like run for Tiger Woods. There's so many players out there. Now, a lot of them lack certain charisma, but what's not to like about a guy who says, I'm going to eat burritos, I'm going to lift weights, and I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to smash the hell out of this ball and hope for the best. Because a lot of people who play golf on the weekends, that's kind of what they are or who they are. Put on some muscle, eat a lot of burritos, just whack the ball, get out your aggression from a long week at work, and hope for the best. That guy should so, run for president. Reminds me of somebody. They should. And, and and having the Masters in, in November instead of April, it's just it's it's too weird to even think about. That's weird. Again, I, like I said, it's a it's a buffet of choices. It you we are in <laughs> Is that a Thanksgiving Glutton pun? City. Is what? Is that a Thanksgiving pun? Probably. Yeah. Um we are in Fat City, literally, with all the sports out there. So you'll have my complete uh Masters preview, you know, in the in the second hour. Or the third hour of today's show. <laughs> My complete rundown of all the entrance and a history I, of the tournament year I, by year. I have to go walk the dog during that. Yeah, forever. Segment, so. I have to go walk the dog forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, very happy for uh, Happy Gilmore, as you call him. And um, that's all right. And like I said, I am looking forward to the Masters rundown. It'll be interesting. I always look forward to the Masters because it reminds me that spring and summer is on the way, and it will no, be a well, bit of not a, this year. Yeah, it will be uh, a little bit loopy. No. Um, hey, you made a golf joke. The looper is the caddy. Hey, nice yeah, job. There you go. I say. Do 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 do. Yes, <laughs> I've hacked up quite a few golf courses over the years in my time. There's no doubt about it. All right. Well, we'll look forward to that. Um, yep. Real quick, as far as baseball is concerned, the only thing that matters is that the Yankees are in. And um, that they win this year, so that's basically my take on baseball. That's you know what I I haven't I had to be honest with you. Uh, the Orioles are doing better than most people thought, and as long as it's anybody but the cheaters, uh, I I'm okay with that. And the fact that the Washington Nationals did not get their victory lap around Major League Baseball and will probably miss the playoffs makes this Oriole fan super happy. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about that, as the great Forrest Gump uh, once said. One, two. So what? Uh, Forty teams make it in the playoffs this year for baseball? Something like that. They have. They're actually going to add teams from the minor leagues just to make the playoffs. And <laughs> this this ridiculous notion by your boy Rob Manfred that we're going to keep this expanded playoff. I mean, why have a regular season in any of these sports? Just say you know what the everybody gets ten warm up games, then go right to the playoffs. <laughs> Revenue, you know? Rob. Revenue. Money. I know. I know. I know the answer, Booby. Look, I got no problem with baseball. <laughs> to be honest with you, obviously we're uh, you know traditionalists. Grew up with the game. Baseball cards were the old school. You know, it should just be just four teams. That's it. The top two teams and whatever. Four teams and right. That's it. And blah blah blah. Who wins? And that was the great thing. They win the pennant. Uh, you win the World Series. But the problem is, like I said, it's money. It's uh, I mean, a lot of cities never get a, a taste of it. Obviously, the wild card and the division play, and um, it just gets more, again, even now, there's no fans. There's nothing to do with that. It has to do with 
eyeballs on TVs and, and smartphones and iPads and computers and streams and subscriptions, and it's just money, money, money. That's the one thing, uh, and we'll do this here on the Honcho Show, is we will monitor 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 the, the tech part and the financial aspects of how these sports who are running the gambit here uh, for the foreseeable future until it gets back to normal, uh, and they will test all these things the same way the top tech companies are keeping their employees at home now or all the companies. So many things are changing. They're going to figure out that they're not going to need certain things anymore to make money or be um, financially successful. So that's something that we're going to have to to monitor here. To me, baseball, put them all in, you know. Speaking of Bugs Bunny, you know, the old Bombers, you know, the big bat. Just, you know, like I said, as long as the Yankees win the next three or four world championships, I'm okay. Uh, It's been a while for us now, and and we're looking It's been, what, 11 years? You need more. You need more championships. Yes, we do. All right, so... um, that's on the on the on the on the on the uh, the baseball side of things, and uh, w- like I said, as we go forward here and, and the playoffs get going, we'll, we'll talk more about it. Um, college football, we touched on that too. I mean, is there anything as far as the sports that's sticking out for you? And we'll just check in here on the hockey game. Uh, it's five uh, one, Lightning looking to go up two games to one in this series. Um, that's going to be interesting. But anything uh, that I'm forgetting that you want to talk about here as far as sports, because we're going to move into a couple other topics here on this first pilot show, this this six-hour debut show that yeah. we're doing for you this evening. Uh, I no, I really – I'm all – I'm not to say I'm all sports out, but all my massive list of topics here, I think we've pretty much covered the sports side of it. We're good. All right, so this is our final yeah. episode, too, as well, since we've covered everything. There's yeah. no need really to go forward. Right. Good night, everybody. Okay. Good. Thank you for listening to our one and only show. We're one and done. We've covered all the sports. You've covered them completely and exhaustively, and uh, now we're going to bed. Not together, of course. That would be disturbing. <sighs> all right. But so look, make for a hell of a show. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, it'll, again, it will be only available <laughs> premium subscribers. Right. Exactly. With the talk about basement tapes. Uh, <laughs> All right, so uh, as far as social issues, uh, social media, there's some stuff that you want to talk about, uh, I guess, Wawa and so on and so forth. Uh, take us into to, is this a concern? Are you worried about something else here? I am. But no, this is not, this is not social media. This is social values. Okay, oh, so. Okay, good. So I got to get a sound other, effect for this. Yesterday, whoops, this might knock my microphone. I went to the Wawa. Again, not a sponsor of the show yet. And. <laughs> I was using their fine restroom facilities and I felt slightly guilty. So I said, I'm going to buy something. I'm going to buy a pretzel. They have good pretzels there. What can I tell you? It's 95 cents. I got a buck in my pocket, burning a hole in my pocket. I go to the register. I give my dollar. It's 95 cents. And as you're sitting there at the register, there's a a box for the juvenile diabetes fund right next to the register. And the pimply faced kid who's ringing up my pretzel is eyeballing me like, what are you going to do with that nickel, El Baldo? And my thinking is this, as I stand there frozen in time, what's the right move here? Do I, what's less douchey? Do I put the nickel in my pocket? <laughs> or do I put the nickel in the juvenile diabetes fund box? We've because either here. way, I look like a cheap bastard. Either I'm giving five cents to a, one, of, a Mount, one of the Mount Rushmore of good causes, juvenile diabetes. Come on, kids, diabetes. What's not to like about that as a cause? Or 
I'm a total cheapskate by just putting it in my pocket. I'm saying no to kids by putting a nickel in my pocket or I'm mocking kids by putting the nickel in the, in, in the, the, the little plexiglass box there. So I don't know what to do. So, you know, what? I just, I just, I froze. I faked a heart attack. And then when nobody was looking, I slunk out of the Wawa. <laughs> Actually, truth be told, I put the nickel in my pocket because I felt that was less <sighs> douchey than putting a nickel. And I didn't have another change or any, I just had, I had a credit card and a dollar. Unfortunately, we're here to report that we have to close the foundation. Right. <laughs> we so I didn't know what to do. We were short what five would, cents to keep things going. What do you do with the nickel? You, you put it in the jar. But it's five cents. It you might as well matter. just say to them, here's an IOU, kid. I'm going to put, here, you know, here's a coupon for a free cup of coffee at a local Wawa. <laughs> I mean, I just, I felt like that was the wrong thing Dude, to do. Dude, so your out is... Somebody says, you only put five cents. Hey, it's better than nothing. And what did you give? You gave nothing. nothing. I mean, he wasn't going to say anything to me, but the next customer that came behind me, this same pimply faced kid was probably like, hey, you see that guy? Yeah, but don't forget, Rob, it's it's not just Wouldn't even give a nickel. You're on closed circuit TV. All those people have been watching you. uh, You know, they've been rolling the tapes back. Probably going to use it on the news. Confusion abounds. I just didn't know. So the next time I'll write him a check for, you know. (laughs) For not wearing, for next time I don't wear cents. a mask, I'll give him my hundred thousand dollar fine. All right. So well, there you go, folks. Anyway, you were right. no help on that issue. Thanks a lot, Paulie. <laughs> if you wanna, if you wanna send us, you know, tweet us at whatever our social media platform is. Want to help me out with that? Where should they tweet the show, Paulie? Come on, Rob. Hold I'm on. terrible. I know. Hold on. Where should they tweet the show? Human resources, Mark. They're both on the headphones right now to me. <laughs> At Sports Honchos. That's it. At Sports Honchos. I, I mean, and you tell me. We couldn't keep have made the nickel, it any simpler. Keep the, well, I'm a simple guy. There's keep no the underscore. Nickel. There's no hyphen. There's no space. Right. Not the real Sports Honchos, but just the sport, at Sports Honchos. Tweet us and tell us, should I have kept the nickel or should I have donated the nickel? Or should I just stop buying pretzels? That's the third option in the mythical Sports Honchos poll, weekly poll. Or you could always do what I say. Look, I'm here every day. Every day I'm here. And I gave every day this week. And I need that nickel for a piece of bubble gum at the corner store. Which you haven't been able to buy since 1971, by the way. Gum for a nickel. (laughs) (laughs) That 1971 call, they want their their prices back. (laughs) It was a good year, baby. Good year. I was two, maybe three. All right, so there you go, folks. Rob is a cheap guy, and if you uh, have any fundraising that you want the sports chanchos to chip in with, don't uh, you're call out me. Of luck. Yes, don't call me. Don't contact us. Rob is uh, against that. Um, let's dip into music here, uh, Rob. Is that everything on the Wawa? Are we good there? Well, that's it on the Wawa. We're done. Okay. On, uh, on any convenience store. All right. So um, I'm a music guy. Uh, you uh, you play too? Like you're a twelve string guitar player, keyboardist? Only with my Cello? toes. No, I don't. Mu- you're just no. a big music fan. I'm just a big music fan. All right, pal. What do you got so. for us? We'll call this the uh, the music portion of our show. Simple. Well, you know, the, the Rolling Stone had their top 500 albums, something they did in 2003 and in 2012, and they just updated the list yesterday. And uh, the impetus behind it was the list was criticized, like everything else, for being you know too male, too white, too old. Too much rock. So they asked a new, which I'm fine if they want to update it to have it be more inclusive. 
So they, they had a whole new crop of people they surveyed to say what their best, they thought was the best album of all time. And so I have the top 20 list here, which I will not read, uh, but it's certainly an inclusive list. If you look at the top 20, you've got all genres of music. You've got white men and black men, white women, black women. It's, it's, you've got rock, you've got hip hop, you've got soul, but I have to quibble with the notion that the for 2003 and 2012, the number one album was Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band by the Beatles, which to me is not even their best album. It's not even in the top 20 now. The number one album, which is a landmark album, was What's Going On by Marvin Gaye, followed by Pet Sounds, which has been number two on all three of these lists. So you're, what's not on this list is the one Stones album, for instance, in the top 20, Exile on Main Street, which to me is the most overrated Stones album of all time because people say it's such a great album and it's like people who saw Cats in the 80s. You were afraid to say, hey, this is a terrible show. I don't like it because people would say, wah, wah, wah. It's a landmark musical. And so with this album, which is really after their their most prolific phase of their career, it's good but there's this narrative that it's a wonderful, epic album and it gets so many awards, whereas the album Let It Bleed, nowhere to be found. But the biggest injustice? Revolver and Abbey Road make the list from the Beatles, whereas to me, in my not-so-humble opinion, the White Album, the greatest album ever made, if you want an album that has every form of American, modern American music on it, on all four, that's right, four sides, double album, it's the White Album, not even in the top 20. Are you trying to tell me that, as I just pick one at random, Kid A by Radiohead, which is like listening to a test pattern on the television, is a better album than the White Album? I think not. Now, I know people out there are screaming at me going, uh, what the hell do you know about music? I know a lot more than you, so shut up. Um, I mean, otherwise, the list is fine. I get the point Rolling Stone is making, but you can't have a top 500 list of albums of all time and... Uh, Rumors is in the top 10, but the White Album isn't. And that's all I want to say about that. You know, and by the way, nobody even buys albums anymore, so why the hell are you making a list? Oh, they do. Oh, they do. Oh, they do. They download albums now. They download songs. They download snippets. Vinyl now is outselling. uh, Well, it's outsold uh, CDs recently. But then again... Vinyls today are marked up. You know, they're like twenty, thirty, forty dollars now because they're uh, so it's it's kind of disparaging in terms of like a CD will cost like whatever right. it is six, and, seven, and eight bucks. But they managed to shoehorn into the top twenty a Kendrick Lamar and a Kanye West album because people would say, "Why aren't they in there?" Now I feel like if you're going to do albums, you got to do it by genre. You can't really mix genres of music. It's hard to do that. It's like comparing players of different eras across the sports. The rules are changed. The players are changed. The, the, the playing field has changed, literally and figuratively. So to put all to lump all these albums together, all these genres together, I understand it's best to sell magazines and get hits on the rollingstone.com website and so on. It's very clickish, very clickable. What? But it doesn't make any sense to comp- it's like when they say who's the best, who are the five best basketball players of all time? Well, the arguments ensued because players from 20, 30 years ago 
are playing under different circumstances than players now. Well, I'm skimming through. Is, is there even a Billy Joel album in there? <sighs> Billy Joel. I'm sure there is. There's 500 of them. I'm sure no, they found I'm, I'm, a place but I'm talking, I'm for, talking for in the Piano top, Man top or 52nd 10, Street. No, not top, in the top 20. Yeah, well, that's what I'm talking about. I, mean, I stopped at I stopped at 20. I could read all 500, but we only have, <laughs> no, you know, no, until no, next no. week. Well, the only thing I would ask, and, and we'll, I could look at, we don't have time to look at it now, is, is how the list was curated based upon, is it based upon, I mean, if, if the Eagles Hotel California is not in there as far as sales and Journey's greatest hits and, uh, you know, uh, Michael Jackson, you know, as far as beat it's concerned. I mean, Thriller you, was number 12. All right. So, I mean, but it was a great album. But, um, you know, how do they, who's making this list? I mean, they're obviously combining modern artists with artists from the past, mm-hmm. classic artists, and everything in between. I mean, there's no Iron Maiden album in there. Every album by Iron Maiden is awesome. Dio, Queensryche, sure. where's the heavy metal? Not one Poison album. <laughs> okay. Uh, where's it's Rubber now, Soul? Is Rubber Soul anywhere on the list? Uh, it's in there, but Revolver is in the Revolver yeah, is well, number eleven, right? Rubber, one rubber one soul, notch, one seats. notch. See, this is what I'm getting at as far thriller. as taste, right? So, how mm. does this? How is this list? How do you do this? It's an impossible list to really right. nail down because music, as far as you know, anything is the same thing with art. You know, again, we're a sports show. It's in terms of who, you know, you can talk about. I root for the, you know. The Los Angeles Rams, because I like their helmet, uh, because I live here in New York. Uh, their old helmet, anyway. So, anyway, you know, musical tastes for everybody's different. See, like, you're going to hang your hat on the White Album, which is obviously a brilliant album. But for me, for the Beatles, it's Rubber Soul. You know. So uh, and I can't would, go wrong with any of them. You know, so, it's it's taste. And now, be, me being an artist and playing out live in terms of you can, you can kick ass and play, uh, you know, top 40. You can play, like, 150 songs in a night, for argument's sake. Most we don't do that, but if you do it, there's going to be a bunch of people that are going to sit there and go, "You didn't play my favorite song, or you didn't play my favorite artist." So it's it's just taste, um, you know. So it's like it's it's an impossible, it's an impossible list to really do. I mean, uh, it means it means nothing in the grand scheme of things except it gives people something to talk about. It's just exactly. interesting. Hey, guess what? We're talking about it. Right. It's just interesting that they decided to. Uh, acknowledge the criticism criticism I put that in quotes of the last two lists and say fine we'll make it more inclusive but then you look at the list and go is back and black in there is it really all are all these cha- I don't know if back and black is in there are all these changes really necessary is it because it was better music or because it makes the list more inclusive and that's something we don't need to tackle I just want to know how Sergeant Pepper goes from number one to out of the top 20. And Pet Sounds well, stays pet at number sounds, two. I, I acknowledge sounds, how great Pet Sounds is. It inspired Sergeant it's a, Pepper. It's a, well, see, Sergeant, yeah, exactly. So the, on the technical technical side of things, those two albums. I mean, geez, there's Man. so many. Like I said, it's just a it's an endless vacuum of back and forth that you could have on this list. So many artists that are left out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just in terms of uh, talent. You know, whether it's record sales, whether it's the time the album was released, how it was recorded, you know, never mind there by Nirvana, obviously, you know, that album comes out and basically just destroys. Uh, number six. Yeah. Number hard, six, by the way. It, ch- it changes <laughs> the whole rock and roll landscape. You know, right. them, Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains, 1992, you know, 
hair metal, yep. 80s metal is done. You know, it's 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 flipped over. It's grunge now. It's hard rock. And then, you know, alternative and everything else. I mean, is Tears for Fears in there? I mean, come on. I don't know, but I can tell you that Guilty. Chicago? Guilty, the 1980 classic by La Barbara, La Streisand, was wow. number 501. So you almost it made almost it. made it. So almost just, made I mean, it was it was such it was a razor thin margin between number five hundred and number five hundred one. All right. Well, like I said, you know, it's just an impossible uh, thing to discuss, and we could, you know, no. on our on our music honcho show, we'll mm-hmm. we'll get more into that. We'll talk um, more sports on the music honcho show. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Let's flip over to uh, what what are we watching on TV this week, or what movie are we watching, or downloading, or streaming, or hoping to see. Rob, take it away. Uh, I wasn't prepared for that question. What am I watching on uh, on the old Netflix? Well, I just started there's a show. Nothing on Netflix. I, there's no movie that I really am interested in. I saw a Tenant, and it was confusing. It was a wonderfully made movie, but it, it still makes my head hurt trying to figure out what the plot was. But I am watching this show on Netflix called uh, Manhunt. It was on the Discovery Channel a couple of years ago with um, Sam Worthington, the guy from... Avatar, okay. uh, the main character of Avatar. It's it's a you know we, we me and you and yes. we're gonna live a long life, but mm-hmm. we won't be alive when the Avatar sequel comes out. No, there it's been it's the, the longest <laughs> production of any sequel ever. Uh, anyway, so this show is about uh, the search for the Unabomber, and it was oh. on a couple of years ago, and they have another season where they're um. It's the Centennial Park, the guy, the Richard Jewell, the one who was accused of bombing the Atlanta, 1996 Atlanta Olympics. We got to get you out more. We, we have to get you out of the house. I mean, I just, otherwise I'm watching sports. You know, right. there's not much, there's not much TV watching. I just, or reruns of Coach and Becker and all the shows from the <laughs> 80s and 90s that I used to enjoy. <laughs> um I'm I'm working my way through the seven seasons of the Blacklist with the fabulous James Spader. So he was know, excellent uh, as Ultron too, by the way. He's an oh, he, was, he was also great as Robert California in The Office. They never yes. should have gotten rid of that character. Uh, but you know what? And he's the same guy in the Blacklist as he was. In fact, he's always the same. Guy. Always he's, the same guy. You're right. And, he, yeah. and it's great. He's just that smarmy, you know, arrogant. Reminds me of you. Thank you. And he and I now have the same hairline almost. So, you know, just a couple of handsome, bald Jewish guys. I think James Spader's a member of the tribe. All right, well, we'll let him in. There's a couple movies. Obviously, The Mandalorian uh, coming back in October. That'll be some fun stuff. Uh, Only if they kill off Baby Yoda. There, I said it. Oh, man. It's the Ewok of 2020. Well, get get ready, pal, because you know there's going to be more furry little creatures. And I know it's Disney. They've got to sell toys. It's fucking Disney. Yeah, baby. That's a tech, that's a, that's a web that's a domain you got to get, baby. Yeah, well, I understand Disney. why he's there. Yeah, yeah fucking Disney.com. I have a feeling that the lawyers. He's going to be like Groot. Man. He's going to be like Groot. He's going to grow up. We're going to get to see him. A teenage you know? Yoda. Yeah, can't, oh, can't God, wait that'd for those episodes. That'd be a nightmare. Mandalorian season seventeen, as Yoda yep. now finally finds out what's downstairs. Yeah, right. Yoda's smoking pot in his bedroom, not go. doing his homework, not, not listening to Mando. This is no. not the way he's going to say. Oh yeah, 
This is not the way. Yeah. Yeah. This is not the way. And I'm going to, you know, do stuff with my mind. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I was going. I'm going to lift that. things. <laughs> I'm going to lift up some rocks with my mind. All right. Now, I'm Rob, gonna... ask, ask me what I'm watching on TV this week. Uh, say, Paul, what are you watching on TV this week? We are currently sponsored by TV Guide. No, we're not. Also, if TV Guide wants to sponsor us at sportshonchos.com, at sportshonchos on Twitter machines. Well done. Well done. You get an extra, um, Thank an extra you. emoji in your email tomorrow. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I would say uh, go out and get yourself HBO Max and fire up Raised by Wol- uh, uh, Wolves. Uh, and uh, uh, Kubrick, it's phenomenal. Uh, I watched the first five, and then they did. Wait, a one Kubrick, movie. isn't he a little dead to be making television Not Kubrick, shows? What's his name? Ridley um, Scott. Yeah, exactly. It's the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same guy. <laughs> Ridley Scott. You know Ridley Scott, who did, uh, you know, them Gladiator, Vietnam movies. Alien. Yeah, all the Vietnam movies. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's that's him. They were Ridley's... really Vietnam movies in space. Right. <laughs> sure, okay. Anyway, Raised by Wall is phenomenal. Uh, watched the first five, and then they did a wonderful thing. They put uh, six and seven out and, and, uh, on Thursday. They, they released like one or two. Uh, it's brilliant. It's, it's wonderfully filmed. It's about uh, atheists and religion and space and robots and androids and killing and screaming and blood, uh, everything that you wouldn't get in a Kubrick movie, but a uh, Ridley Scott movie uh, or series. Right. So check it out, man. I think you're going to like it. I just saw, speaking of HBO, um, Perry Mason with Matthew, Reese from, with Matthew Reese from the Americans and John Lithgow. It was very, very good. It was a reimagining of what Perry Mason's life was like before he became the TV detective of the 50s and 60s. And Matthew Reese is excellent, and and it just it proves once again that that the English, the British, play Americans better than Americans do. Um, but it's really good, very very good. It was uh, eight episodes, ten episodes. I highly recommend. Thirty minutes, maybe, maybe longer, but whatever. It's worth it. And worth English, your time investment. Sounds good. The English uh, also did a great job with Italians and Romans and I Claudius years ago too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, good stuff there. Uh, I had something else. And I lost my train of thought. Um, yes, not Dances with Wolves, but Raised by Wolves. Yes. And uh, yeah. Oh, that's what I want to say. Uh, the Watchmen, I uh, watched that on HBO, and they cleaned house. They did very well. Regina uh, King, yep. she was amazing. Uh, phenomenal series, if you didn't see it. Uh, incredibly well performed, written, just a wild, wild world. And it was, uh, it was pretty good. So good stuff there. All yep. right, pal. Anything else on the, uh, on the entertainment side this week? No, and I, I'm looking at my watch. I got to get up for work soon, so yes, we probably need to yes. wrap things and up I a little bit. I do have to walk the dog too. Yes. yes. All right. Uh, last thing we'll do here uh, every week at the Sports Honchos is Rob's Dope of the Week. And Rob, that's right. Please tell us who your Dope of the Week is. So here's a carryover from the old Bitterness and Rage show, or the Bitterness and Rage show, depending what iteration you were listening to. I would always end with the Dope of the Week. Um, it was somebody who I would say who would be carrying around the mythical now sports honchos dope of the week cup around the ice of the arena of stupidity. And this week, the winner is one Joshua Adam Donaldson, third baseman for your Minnesota Twins, 
who last week, I know it's not the dope of last week, but just pretend it happened this week. Josh Donaldson was ejected from a game uh, against the Chicago White Sox, a 4-3 loss to the Chicago White Sox earlier in the game. So he's ejected in the sixth inning after hitting a home run. Now, what makes him the dope of the week is earlier in the game, he was arguing um, balls and strikes. And in the same thing in the sixth inning, he was arguing balls and strikes. Finally, he gets a pitch he likes and he deposits it into the cheap seats. Now, normally, when you're arguing with an umpire at balls and strikes or arguing with anybody, the best revenge, as they say, is living well. So what better way to shove it down the throat of the umpire than to smash one as hard as you can, hey, Happy Gilmore style, into the bleachers, and then you just drop the bat and you run around the bases, head in the air like, you know what? There's a pitch that even you can't mess up, that you can't call wrong. Look where that pitch landed. What are you going to call that one, a ball two? But instead, instead, this dope, after hitting the home run, uh, as he's rounding the bases, he's kicking dirt on the umpire. And then he realized he missed one of the bases, came back to touch home plate again, and kicked more dirt on the umpire. And the umpire said, you're out of here. <laughs> I don't understand that. Why you hit a home run. Nobody is thinking about the missed calls, the ball and strike, Mishigas, as my people would say. And you can, again, what better way to end the story than a walk-off home run? But instead, you come back. You kick some dirt on the umpire, not once, but twice. Because you did it the first time, then when you had to miss, you had to go back and touch the bases again. You thought it was so nice the first time, I'm going to do it again. And you get the thumb. And now what people are talking about is what an incredible idiot, what a dope Josh Donaldson is. <laughs> and by the way, they lost that game by one run. Maybe he comes up again later in the game and helps his team to a victory. So the Joshua Adam Donaldson of your Minnesota Twins, you. And I almost said the bitterness and rage show. You are these sports honchos. <laughs> Dope of the week. Your check and your cardboard trophy will be sent to you, uh, care of the Minnesota Twins, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Wawa gift card. And a Wawa gift card. And the nickel. We'll put a nickel into the JDF box for you. We promise. <laughs> and a lifetime subscription to the Barbara Streisand catalog. That's right. Yep. And a copy well, of our home game. You know, he plays in Minnesota. He can't help yep. himself. What are you going to do? Nope. You know? He sure can't. So, uh, but, <laughs> Good uh, luck to him. Yeah. I, you know, look, well said, Rob. Uh, Thank fully you. agree. Uh, not necessary. I, I, I imagine he's a grown man, grown adult, too. He is. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have to kick dirt. Uh, kicking dirt we did in, in elementary school, not in the, in the MLB. The MLB. The MLB, baby. Yeah. Ah, well, there you go, folks. Um, that's uh, six hours of the sports honchos here for our, our pilot show. We're not officially calling this episode one. Yeah. We're it's gonna, the pilot. We're, yeah, we're going to talk after the show and see if we still want to do this, right, Rob? Actually, I don't know if I'll be able to talk after the show. i got to you know, go and uh, get ready to go to work. But, yes, I'll give you a few minutes before I catch my train into the city. <laughs> Oh, man. Good stuff. Well, look, uh, for everybody listening to this one on the archives and anybody live, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, All kidding aside, myself and Rob 
Uh, very happy to be back here and, uh, and talking sports and gibberish and all this stuff. And we're going to have some fun. And like I said, yep. as the weeks come along, Rob, we'll uh, we'll get a little more fine-tuned with our sports analysis. Yep. And I've learned uh, two words tonight, uh, ambiguous and... Ambiguity and, and unctious. And unctious. Yes. Unctious. Good stuff. <laughs> that's a, that's I like a that great one a lot. Word. Yes. It's, uh, that's really good stuff. So uh, I dig it. So anyway, Rob, did you have a good time this evening? I had a great time. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I think I still have a voice. But the fact that you didn't wear a mask, I do have to find you. Well, I, I $100,000. Well, I gave it all to JDF. <laughs> Sorry. All that right. just seems so wrong. <laughs> Well, for Mr. Robert Cooney, I'm Mr. Paul Cuthbert, and we are your sports honchos, and uh, we're just getting started here. Thanks to everybody for listening. Again, at Sports Honchos, especially Rob, pay attention. I'm writing it down, even as we speak. That's where everything (laughs) is. Anyway, we're going to sign off tonight. Thanks so much for hanging in with us, and we will be back here next week, uh, hopefully Wednesday. I don't know. We'll see what happens in the world, right, Rob? I think it's almost Wednesday now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good night, everybody. Enjoy your sports. And we'll see you next week here on the Sports Honchos. Thanks for listening.